Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And speaking of starting, it's right now time to start Locked On MLB. Locked on MLB, your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you're reading my lower third and you're watching us on the YouTubes, you know, you can call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who appeared on HBO Sports, ESPN2, way back in the day. I've been a film director. I've been a stand-up comic. But I've mainly been a baseball podcaster. I've been doing that for well over a decade right now. And I've been over here at the Lockdown Podcast Network since the 2019 season. So this is my one, two, three, fourth full season of doing that. That's a presidential term. Please, please don't impeach me. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram and Twitter. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, a few weeks ago, I did a very cruel thing. Uh, and some may uh, some may scream and some may uh, say I should go be arrested. I praised the St. Louis Cardinals to the point where I said, you know what? I think they're going to win the World Series. Now, usually, when I say something like that, it is Mwah! the kiss of death, and they fall apart. But so far, that hasn't happened to the St. Louis Cardinals. And they won again tonight in a game that may still be going on. I don't know. I thought this ghost runner on second crap was supposed to speed up the games. But I digress. Uh, I hope I haven't offended St. Louis Cardinal fans by overpraising the team, and I'm dying to find out. So the only way I could find out is to bring on the relatively new host of Lockdown Cardinals, and now a friend of the podcast, it's J.D. Hafron. How you doing, man? Welcome to the Lockdown Podcast Network, and welcome to, this is your first uh, guest appearance here on Lockdown MLB. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, having me on here tonight, Sully. Thanks for taking some time out and uh, let me come on. Thank you for picking the Cardinals for uh, going to the World Series. Uh, that was nice. Uh, a lot of my listeners actually thought it, it was cool of you and not a kiss of death, to be honest. Okay. God, you Cardinal fans are so nice. Uh, is that <laughs> is that Daryl Porter's uniform hanging behind you? What's going on back there? That is uh, actually it's it's the uh, alternate version of the uh, the powder blues that they wore back in the eighties, but uh, right. it is not it is that's not a Daryl Porter. That, oh, that's why I went Daryl Porter <laughs> because he was the he was he is in a unique fraternity. Uh, mm. I don't know how many I can do off the top of my head right now. Who won the league championship series and World Series MVP in the yep. same year? Now, nineteen eighty two. Eighty two. Let's see where I could. Uh, well, one one who did shouldn't have which was Levon Hernandez, won the League Championship Series MVP, which is fine, but he won the World Series MVP with an ERA over five. Um, no, that should not have <laughs> happened. It should have gone to Moises Alou, who, if you look back at that World Series, 
absolutely dominated and had a spectacular World Series. He should have won. Welcome to Lockdown Moises Alou, uh, where we talk <laughs> about the St. Louis Cardinals. I, got, I get distracted by uniforms there. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, look, at it, I'm going to boil it down to this. The Cardinals fell out of the playoffs at the end of July. They were behind the three wildcard teams at the time. The three wildcard teams were uh, Atlanta, uh, let's see, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and San Diego. They were also behind Philadelphia. So, oh no, Milwaukee was a, the led the division. Atlanta, yeah. San Diego, and Philadelphia were the three wildcard teams. Mm-hmm. And St. Louis had fallen behind. And the Giants were hot on their tail. Remember the Giants? <laughs> they, they actually, they were a, they were a winning team. Uh, they were a contender for a little they bit. They could there. have been a yeah. contender. <laughs> that And that day that it fell out was the 30th of July. So basically, basically the end of July, they had fallen out of uh, the wild card. And they had stayed out for a couple of days. Yeah. After that day, including today's marathon, they have won as many games as any team in baseball. They have the same number of wins as the L.A. Dodgers. And the Cardinals just have one more loss. So the Cardinals have, have won 23 out of their next 30 games. 23 and 7. Yeah. Los Angeles was 23 and 6. Okay. So one you know, one separate in the loss column. But the the Cardinals have been doing it at an unbelievable clip. And they've done so by, I think, winning the trade deadline. And uh Albert Pujols getting a nice boost. I know the good folks at Barstool are suspicious of it. And do you what? I say this. I don't care what Albert's doing. It's making for some great theater. So do keep doing what you do, Albert. And if it's shady, just, just keep it on the secret. Because we want to have some fun. Um, the Everything's going right for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. They've. Uh, I mean, I'll be the first to admit they haven't played the toughest schedule. And they'll continue to play a pretty weak schedule. A lot of... Uh, games against NL Central teams not named the Milwaukee Brewers because the rest of the division is pretty brutal. Let's be honest. The Pirates, the Cubs, the Reds, they're not good teams. They're 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 bottom five in all of baseball. <laughs> and so uh it's uh it's an easier schedule for them. But when they had to play the tougher teams like the Yankees before they kind of you know hit hard they swept times them. And, they swept yeah, them. They were able to take them out and uh then they just beat the Braves two out of three which was their real test in the month of August where we were trying to, to decide whether or not what we were seeing was it real. Was it a mirage? And to be able to beat the Braves who have been as hot as anybody as well and beat them the way they did it, where they were able to come back and, and, and after being down like three, four runs in games and do it, it, it made a lot of us really believe that this team, they have a chance if and when they get to the playoffs they have a chance, and uh, you're, you're totally right when it, it all started at the trade deadline when they, instead of going for Juan Soto, which a lot of people wanted them to do, I was one of them too because I it would have been cool. It, it would just yeah. been a cool thing to say we got Juan Soto on our team. Would it necessarily have made the Cardinals that much better of a team? Not really, because no, that wasn't not. really their that wasn't really their issue. Their issue was starting pitching. And they went out and they got Jose Quintana, which everybody was kind of, meh, he's all right. He's having a decent year for the Pirates. But who's going to be that difference maker? And out of nowhere, the Yankees are like, you guys want this Jordan Montgomery guy? We're not going to need him in our 
playoff rotation because they were already like, we're going to the playoffs. We don't, we're not going to start this guy. We'll ship him to you. You give us Bader, who's hurt and still hasn't played for the Yankees yet. Mm -hmm. And the Cardinals were like, uh, okay, I, I guess we'll, we'll swing that deal. And it's been amazing for the Cardinals since. That's the, the Cardinals so far have won the trade deadline. Now, I will say this. Uh, I, I thought the Cardinals were going to pull off the trade for Juan Soto. I said that yeah. on uh, several Locked On podcasts, not just my own, but I was guests on some of them. And the the acquisition of Montgomery, I thought was strange even when it happened because I, I looked at the Yankees at the time. Yes, their pitching was very deep, but there was I, – I, first of all, you can't have enough starting pitching depth. But right. also, uh, you know, there's some of the players who are having career years, you think, well, maybe some of them will come back down to earth, which some of them certainly have. And we've seen that 15 and a half game lead is now down to six. The Yankees are going to go to Tampa Bay this weekend after losing. They, they, they went the entire month of August and the Yankees won one series, a two game series with the Mets. They did. They either lost every series or split every series, including yeah. against the the embarrassing Angels, which goes to something that you were saying, trying to poo-poo about uh, St. Louis, and that is, yeah, they played some bottom feeders and some tomato cans, but you have to beat them. Right. You have to win them. The Yankees yeah. split a series with Oakland and just lost a series in Anaheim. Yeah. And they, they let the Red Sox, who are not very good this year, beat them in a series or series two. So if you want to win, I mean, there have been instances where some of the troubles that San Francisco had with Colorado back in 1993 probably cost that 103-win team a, a division and maybe a pennant and a World Series title at Candlestick for Dusty and, and Barry Bonds. You have yeah. to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And in so many ways, that's one of the things that made the the Cardinals uh really successful and and you know for this for this month. And let me tell you, when people were talking about who won the trade deadline this, who won the trade deadline that, uh and you know everyone was salivating over San Diego. Right. Anyone thinking that St. Louis won the trade deadline that day, uh, it seemed like a long shot. It was not a surefire bet by any stretch of your imagination. And if you're going to be making any bets, go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including this year's opening week games. Is that this week? I don't know. I don't follow football. BetOnline <laughs> is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and guess what? Even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn about the trends and action. Bet online. It's where the game starts. We're here with J.D. Halfron of Locked on Cardinals. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit today. The Cardinals and the Reds played a... I played a mar let's just call it what it was. It was a marathon and it was a weird game. It was a weird, weird game. I was listening to uh, a big chunk of this game at the dog park. By the way, for those of you who are wondering, I'm in Pasadena right now. It was 103 degrees today, 
which is hot. But even worse, that's 103 Celsius. That's how hot it was here. It was 103 (laughs) degrees Celsius in Pasadena. That's that's a temperature joke. Yes. Uh, I, I know my uh, I know my audience. That joke was mainly for my mom, just so you know, for let the record show. But if you enjoyed that one, uh, I miss a Sully. Uh, it's Doctor 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 Sully. Sully. I Dr. apologize. Sully, thank you. And uh, you know, if you enjoyed that one, write uh, hashtag uh, hashtag Celsius Sully. Okay, and then I'll know you enjoyed the joke. Um, St. Lou beat Cincinnati as well. They should. Right. Uh, Albert Pujols did not hit a home run, but he did drive in a run. Um, and uh, you got a, a Goldschmidt got on base three times. Arenado uh, got a big home run in the fourth inning. And Newt Bar, boy, they got to be selling Newt Bars pretty soon in St. Louis. <laughs> that what's is in a, what's in a Newt bar? What's in a Newt? You've obviously got nougat. You've got, it have to be like, you've some got, sort of nut, maybe an yeah, almond, like, or... an almond or a walnut, or you know, get, I don't think it's a peanut one, and covered in chocolate. There you are, Absolutely. you get your new bar. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a common joke that he's uh, dealt with since he he got brought up uh, last year when he made his first appearance. Everybody's like, dude, if he ever becomes something, somebody's got to make this new bar, right? It's got to yeah. be, it's got to be somebody's going to take advantage of this. But yeah, he's been one of the uh, pieces that the Cardinals were able to when they traded Bader, when they moved him to the Yankees, which as you mentioned earlier, like was a shocking move because first yeah. off he was, he was hurt and yeah, who, he still wants a hurt, who wants a hurt guy. <laughs> he still played as many games as I have for the Yankees. Right. FYI. Right. Right. And so it was bizarre to hear that that's who the Yankees wanted, uh, where we were talking and discussing about healthy men, like Tyler O'Neill or uh, Dylan yeah. Carlson is, is somebody who might be moved for a bigger piece. And instead it was Bader and it opened up a hole where Carlson could shift from right field to center field, where he's been fantastic defensively, hardly a drop off from Bader. Who's a gold glover, by the way. And uh Newbar has gotten the start in right field ever since he's been the main cog and he's been fantastic. JD, I'm just going to, I, I, I'm sorry. I keep harping on this, but yeah, right. it's, it seems to me when you have the players on the injured list, you could have pried him loose for something other than a major league starting pitcher. <laughs> I mean, the, the, anyway, okay, I digress. By the way, there was a hero in today's game uh, that I don't want to have uh, be swept in the undertow, and that okay. was uh, Andre Pallante, Yeah, who came in a through three innings of relief. And think about how hard that was. I believe all three innings were uh, extra innings. Extra, where yeah, he starts. He yeah. starts with that stupid ghost runner on second mm-hmm. base. Yeah. So that's every inning that he threw, except for the final inning. So two innings he threw where every pitch he threw, a ball hit, you know, hit into the gap or hit down the line, ends the game automatically. And maybe yeah. even like a blue pit wins it. Um, he managed, he let up one unearned run. So he did let up a run when uh, St. Louis, they scored three in the th- 12th or 13th, 13th. right? And then so Palante, because they had basically run out of pitchers, um, and good for him for stretching it out. And I I didn't want his, uh, I love it when a reliever has a long line, when a a reliever gives multiple innings. There's something about that that I find 
you know, pretty gutsy. And in a game where their extra ratings on the road, uh, you know, Puante did get the win. A, a reliever's win is almost irrelevant in so many ways. Yeah. But um, yeah, this was a this was a game where Quintana did not have his best stuff. No, um, no. but Hicks and Gallegos and Romero and who was there was one other pitcher? Helsley. Helsley, thank you, Helsley. Yeah. And um, sorry, I might keep scratching my nose, but yeah. uh, like it was. <laughs> this was a, this was a game. This is a game why uh, I think kind of illustrates what makes this team interesting for me. You have classic established Cardinals on the team. Pujols drives in a run. You have your superstars. Arenado hit the home run and a double. You have the young players like Newt Barr, and you have some people who maybe Cardinal fans know, but Palante, I mean, if you're not a Cardinal fan, how the hell would you know who Palante is? Yeah, and you wouldn't. have this, you have a great uh, mixture of young, old, you know, established, new, and everyone kind of picking each other up. And this is the type of, you know, the type of teams you've seen win the World Series recently, at least in the full seasons, like Washington, who got off to a terrible start in 2019, but finished strong. Atlanta famously had a, a losing record at the trade deadline. They finished strong. That's one of the reasons why I really feel that this St. Louis team is, they're not going to, you know, the Mets and the Dodgers are each going to win 100 games. And we all know that. And the Mets and the Dodgers play have played, if, they, if this is an NLCS preview, it's a pretty thrilling preview because they've won yeah. you know two two pretty intense games, but I think St. Louis is going to upset one of those two teams because of uh, there's there are not a lot of question marks on this team. No, and uh, one one thing that you mentioned there that is dead on accurate is the way that they have been able to mix and match. Now I, I want to remind everybody too who may not be familiar, our manager Ali Marmel, rookie manager, the first year. Yeah. They, they fired Mike Schilt, who had votes last year to be the NL Manager of the Year, and they fired. He won him. it in 2019. Yes, he so was the man. 2019 was the <laughs> Manager of the Year. 2021 yeah. is on LinkedIn getting his job. And if you're looking for, oh wait, no, we don't have that read today. I thought we had a LinkedIn. If we had a LinkedIn <laughs> read today, that would have been my perfect, perfect way to sneak that. Eight hundred and ten million, including Mike oh Schilt. Go to LinkedIn.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like Mike. I'm gonna say connect Mike Schilt. Um, yeah, that because he got that 17 game win streak yeah. in last September. Last year, last where year. you know, lest we forget, the Reds and the Padres were both playoff teams in September a yeah. year ago, yeah. and. Um, and the Reds are not anymore. But nope. the uh, you know, Schilt, why did what what why did they fire him? What was what the hell was going on there? It ended up being it never was released. Like there was never an official like these are the exact reasons why. But if you kind of connect the dots, Schilt was more of a an old school manager, liked to go with his gut, go with his guys, wanted to do it when he the way he wanted to do it. Where the front office was starting to think more analytical, which I know can be annoying for some of us who, you know, we're used to the game where you're just like, you know, I trust this guy and I have a feeling about him. And they didn't want him to do that anymore. And I think, and this is just my personal opinion, he said, no, that's not how I'm going to manage. I, I like it the way I do. I'm clearly winning. And they said, no, we think you could win more if you did it our way. And it became 
uh, kind of tug of war thing, and she'll ended up losing <laughs> because they can fire him well, whenever they want to, no, and that's what they did. There's no, there's no uh, debating that Marmol has done a wonderful job, and yeah. it's funny. It's funny. Like I don't obviously I don't follow the Cardinals uh, as closely as you do, but it seems to me that there has been a lot of instances of playing the players maybe not based upon. You know, riding the proverbial hot hand. They they don't they don't strike me as a team that is so robotic and by the book that sometimes drives some people crazy. Uh, I think they've been a very exciting team, and I've seen them, you know, going first to third on hits and doing stuff that you're not supposed to do. You know, you know, do not take risks. (laughs) Do not do anything that it might be exciting on the base path. Right. You know. Right. And yeah, that's uh, just. that's not yeah. their thing. Yeah, that's just uh, that, that was the thing. It's like, and I think it last year that the way they lost to the Dodgers in the playoffs when they uh, when they, he brings in Reyes, and everybody knew Reyes had not been the same pitcher since the All Star break. He was an All Star last year, but he was getting hammered left and right, home runs consistently, and Chris Taylor takes him yard, ends their season, and essentially ended Mike Schilt's run as the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals because it's one it's a moment like that where I feel like. Upper management was like, "Why? What? No! Don't bring him in. You have the the data in front of you to not do that." And he did it anyway. And they were like, "That's it. We're done." And uh, Marmol was the bench coach. He'd been there a couple of years. Younger. Uh, he's younger than a couple of the players on the team this year. Clearly, like Pujols and uh, he's, Molina. He's fourteen years younger than I am. <laughs> How does that make yeah. me feel? And so he uh, he gets it. Uh, he was one of those guys that was like, and I don't want to say like a yes guy but he understood what upper management was asking. And he wants to be one of those managers where results are important. I'm not just going to stick with you because you've been my closer for the previous two months. If you haven't been good for the last three weeks, we're going to find somebody else and get the job done. I can't just ride you when you're in a bad rut. And he's been doing that just down the stretch here. Uh, Two of their relief pitchers, Hennessy Cabrera, who had been one of their best left-handed pitchers out of the bullpen all year, and the last month has been terrible. He's now yeah. in AAA. They sent him down. They were like, no, yeah. you're done. We can't do this. We're not going to watch well, you a- go out there and burn every time you come into a game and cost us what is a, a pennant race and a division race. That Well, it's six games against uh, over the Brewers right now, but you know we still got a month to go, and you can't blow yeah. games like that against uh, the, you know Colorado and stuff that was happening. They just couldn't look at it and watch that anymore. That's not supermatch. That That's intelligence. Right. And that's also, and I've talked a lot about what I call the tyranny of the save. Um, uh, I, I'm not the most analytically smart person in the world. I sometimes, um, someone would rather watch the magic show than know how they're shoving the doves up their sleeves. Mm-hmm. But um, but there comes, I, I, it's always driven me crazy how managers manage to the save. Uh, that's what led yeah. Zach Britton sitting in the, the bullpen and when every pitch met the ending of the Orioles season in 2015. And he still sat there when, yeah. uh, uh, as I said, if you're going to lose, lose with your eighth best. But, um, <laughs> and, you know, there were so many times that you would see, well, we can't use, or the year before people forget how uh, Matt Williams handled his bullpen against San Francisco, uh, where the, the Nationals were clearly better than the Giants. But he wouldn't use his best relievers in roles because he said, "Well, he's a seventh inning guy. He's an eighth inning guy." Yeah. So like, how about you bring in the guy 
when he's needed. And and it was kind of an old school manager who kind of broke free of the tyranny of the save, in my opinion, which was when Francona was Francona. managing Cleveland yep. and he yep. was using Andrew Miller, Miller whenever he's needed. Yep. And yep. it was kind of like, hey, I don't give a damn about the save. The yeah. The game could be on the line the fifth. The Absolutely. game could be on the line the seventh. And, um, and you know, it, and I've seen some of the Cardinal games that I've seen this year, um, they will use a, you know, whether it's a, a, a Puante or a Wolford or someone like, you know, just use whoever's the best one who's at that point instead of saying, yeah. well, is this a hold or a, like a save? Yeah. No, let's just use the, use the bullpen the way you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line is to win the game. And if it's the highest pressure situation of the game and it just so happens to be in the seventh inning instead of the ninth, but you need to get out of some tight situation, you want your best guy and you can't just leave him in the bullpen hoping he gets a save opportunity in the ninth, which is something Marmol has not done this year. He he just brought in Helsley the other night against the Braves when it was a situation that needed to be put out quickly and it backfired actually they hit a three-run homer yeah. off him swanson got a hold of one but he put his best guy in that spot and of course because it backfired people got oh my gosh what's he doing oh that's the right move it is was the that, right move it just didn't work this time was that the same game where Kenley Jansen melted down and wound up walking the winning run in, or was that the, the previous game? That this is the following. If this was Sunday Night Baseball, that it happened. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So Swanson hits the three-run jack, and then the uh, Cardinals are able to come back, tied up. Edmund hits a solo homer, and then O'Neill gets a hold of one in the bottom of the eighth, and ends up making it uh, a six-three victory, right, which right. made it look worse than it was. But it was a three-two game going into that inning. So that's true. But no. but it, that's one of the things that Ali has been able to do is he will move people around and how you mentioned earlier where the uh, mixing and matching like he's got a left-handed lineup that to face the righties and then he will flip it and everybody will play different positions it'll be a whole new set of dudes in coming in to face a left-handed pitcher the next day and he's been able to finally find that balance and it's finally come together here in the month of august where now he really kind of knows he's finally got a leadoff hitter in Lars Newbar. He's got the rookie Brennan Donovan, who's hitting 300 uh, against right-handers from the left side of the plate, tough at bats, and they get on in front of Goldschmidt, Arenado, and then you've got Pujols, who's doing the crazy stuff that he's doing so far in the since the since the All-Star break. O'Neal's heating up, and then when they flip it, and it's going to be a left-handed hitter, he switches everybody out. Like Newbar might start, but instead of batting leadoff, he's hitting ninth. And Kil and Carlson will be in center field instead because he hits better from the right side of the plate. He's a switch hitter, but he's not good <laughs> as a left-handed hitter this year, so he doesn't play him. So the guy yeah. that, uh, which is funny because the guy that ended up being the big piece, at least from what the reports were, of why they didn't end up getting Juan Soto is because they didn't want to trade Dylan Carlson. He's essentially become a platoon center fielder, yeah. but it's the best thing for the team. And all of the guys have gotten on board with it because the most important thing should be just winning ball games. It's not about your stats. It's not how many at-bats you get. It's how many wins your team gets. And everybody's bought in, and it's worked. In August, they're now 22-7 and seven this month. Okay, everyone, we're here with J.D. Haffron of Locked on Cardinals. Uh, last thing I want to just talk about. Sure. This Cardinal team should be – look, I'm sure it's a huge deal in St. Louis right now. 
But I, it always drives me crazy that baseball has no idea how to market anything that isn't New York, Boston, or Los Angeles. It drives yeah. me banana boat time, or the Cubs for that matter. But like other leagues can have a huge following for a team that plays in Green Bay sure, or San Antonio. And yet, you know, baseball doesn't know how to handle a franchise like the Cardinals with a deep history and tradition. And only the Yankees have a, a deeper roots in terms of eras of championship baseball yeah. uh, and of which they still have the same uniform. So there's, you bring back the old clips of, you know, Rogers Hornsby or the gas house gang or Bob Gibson or Stan Musial or Ozzie Smith or whatever great player. Um, there's that sense of timelessness with the Cardinals. You also have superstars. You know, Paul Goldschmidt has an outside chance to win the freaking triple crown this year. Yeah. Arenado is probably top three or four MVP. And speaking of timelessness, you still have Pujols, Molina, and Wainwright on the team. Mm -hmm. And you have a collection of young players, including a guy whose name is Newt Barr. <laughs> um, uh, there should be, this should be a great feel-good story for a lot of reasons. Again, I like it when superstars win championships. Yeah. But there's also a sense of, you know, everyone was salivating over when the Yankees won again in 09 and they still had Posada and Jeter and Pettit and Rivera on that team. Well, here we're having three key players from the 06 team still yeah. here, still mm -hmm. winning. You know, I had to be careful how to phrase that because Wainwright was injured in 2011. And so I couldn't I couldn't put the 2011 uh, <laughs> title with him. But go back to 06, you know, and here we are, you know, nearly 20 years later and a chance to win another title. Yeah. Um I just, I personally wish this was a bigger deal nationally. I don't care about ratings. I don't sell advertisements for Tide. That's not my job. I sell yeah. advertisements for <laughs> BlueNile.com. If you're looking for the ring, <laughs> if you're looking for a ring in memory. Oh, wait, we don't have that ad read today. Um, I, do you wish it was a bigger deal or do you not care? I have. Uh been on i've been harping i should say for more attention for goldschmidt uh because mm -hmm. the nl triple crown hasn't been done since 1937 when joe medway another, another cardinal another exactly cardinal, yeah. yeah and uh and it just hasn't gotten much attention at all and honestly I, I don't think the cardinals care goldie's one of those guys that doesn't want the attention like he doesn't do interviews he doesn't care about any of that stuff but he's doing something that's really, really special this year, and he's having a career year, and I don't think enough people were paying attention to it until Albert got hot. And yep. then he people started talking about, wait a minute, does he have a chance to get to 700? We're pretty sure he's going to pass A-Rod. We, we think that's going to happen, but 700, most of us thought from the, from the outset that wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to get enough at-bats. He's too slow now. He's too heavy. There's no... And then all of a sudden, the all-star break happens. He gets treated like a god during the home run derby by all the other players. And I feel like that kind of made him feel better and got his confidence back up again. That this wasn't just some, hi, I'm old, saying goodbye to everybody type of thing. Where he's like, I still have something to offer. These guys all look up to me. I better step my game up. And, it, and it's worked because now he's hitting almost 280 with 15 home runs. And uh, he's one of the best right-handed bats in the national league, if not major league baseball against left-handed pitchers. Like it's just been a really cool story. 
And that has started to get the attention on the Cardinals. And I think they are enjoying it to an extent, but at the same time, they, they don't mind laying low. I, I wouldn't say they're an exciting franchise, and I don't think they've ever tried to be. They just kind of go out and do their job. They're that kind. They're a Midwest type of team, you know. They're not flashy, and I don't think they care. Uh, I, I wish Goldie would get more attention, but as far as putting them in the upper echelon of the NL with the Dodgers and the Mets, and uh, I, they don't need ESPN at their door to tell them they're good. They know. They're doing right. fine without him. All right. Well, certainly have some great feel-good stories unless you're a Cub fan. True. True. And um, and I like things that create a sense of timelessness. Yeah. And you know the you know to have yet another chapter of Cardinal history uh, again leading back. You know that cart that you have Molina and Wainwright and Pujols still hanging around. Uh, you know, Goldschmidt is kind of the new face to maybe put his face on the wall someday. But, you know, yeah. going back to, you know, so the, the stars from the previous two, but, you know, then you go back to, you know, I'll, I'll say McGuire. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people bought McGuire's shirts. I don't see anyone returning that money. Uh, <laughs> but but like the, the 80s teams, I remember growing up watching, you know, with Willie McGee and, yeah. Um, you know, Tom Morell and Ozzy and Terry Pendleton and Jack Clark and oh. for a while Keith Hernandez and a oh. friend of the pot friend of the podcast, Lonnie Smith. Uh, Skate. and then Skate, and going, buddy. going before that with Lou Brock and Kurt Flood and Bob Gibson and uh Orlando Cepeda, who had his probably you know best remembered for being a giant, but had his best seasons with St. Lou. Um yeah. and, an uh, and then you know, before that, stay usual and you know, yeah, all the this list goes on and on. Yeah, goes on. You know, slaughter back to the gas house gang and Dizzy Dean and Pepper Martin, and then before that, Rogers Hornsby and Grover Cleveland Alexander. I mean, this is the fraternity that you belong to when you win a championship with St. Louis, similar to uh, if you know, you win a title with you know, the Yankees, you join the DiMaggio's and Ruth's and the Gehrig's and the Mantles and the Reggie Jackson's and the Jeter's and all of them. Um, you know, it's being able to do that. It's uh, it's great when there's a title going for a team that hasn't won, uh, but there's also something about making that connection. And uh, I was just thinking the one, if there's one player, if the Cardinals could ever figure out to acquire him, would really make the difference. And that's Randy Arena, who I think would look great as a Cardinal. <laughs> it's a jerk move, Sully. Jerk move right there. I'm sorry. It was. It, you know who else it. would look good in a Cardinal uniform? Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, he'd yeah. be a good one, too. If he could, they could ever figure out a way to get somebody how to like get, him. How do you get players somebody. like that? <laughs> I, think I, would, I always say that when I see Bookie Betts at home, I say, God, if only the Red Sox could pick up something like that. Right, right. Yeah, no, I know. The one thing I can say about when they lose guys like this, it doesn't happen to them very often because they've gotten away with more trades on their side that they, than they've lost well, them. I mean, they the stole They stole Goldsmith. They Goldsmith stole and Arenado. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess maybe losing a one Rosarena – that's yeah. almost like okay. That was that's part of those trades. So yeah, you, know. you think about the trades like for McGuire. You can't name a dude they gave up to get him and look. They at don't what even know. The who, they don't even know no. who they are. They are Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds from the Angels for Kent Bottenfield. Really, really? That's that's what they gave up to get him. That's yeah, amazing. That's, Scott Rowland. Yeah. They brought him in. 
You know, they go oh, out wait, and get wait. these guys. Oh, that's right. Scott Rowland came from Philadelphia. That's right. That's yeah, right, guys. They were able to get him. He got upset yeah. with Philly, and uh, the Cardinals were like, sure, we'll take him. That's fine. He's awesome. Well, <laughs> and they gave trading, Yeah, trading J.D. Drew and getting Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was a trade that a lot of people were like, "Wait, we're getting rid of JD already?" And uh, yes, it ended up winning him a championship. He ended up getting, uh, I think it was Michael King was the other, or one of the Ray King, Ray King, the left hand. And uh, they they got him, and um, and then they got Wainwright, and it all worked out. They uh, they they they've made multiple trades over the years that have been huge. So they were due to lose one or two, and yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. They're, they're, <laughs> They, they owed they owed the universe under the Rosa. Yeah. Well, do you want we owed the universe JD Heffron appearing on this podcast? So tell people where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow me at JD Sports Radio on Twitter, and uh, of course for Locked On Cardinals, we're at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter as well, and uh, YouTube Locked On Cardinals. We're there as well. If you uh, if you're watching this right now, just scooch on over and subscribe, comment. We love having people uh, you know interact with us. On there, we're always trying to build a community just so, you know, baseball fans like Sully and I, the way we're talking about things right now, we just, that's how we want it in, yep. uh, in, our, in our chats and in our comments. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been really fun, man. I've really enjoyed joining the Locked On Network. It's been awesome to be able to talk about my favorite team, the Cardinals, who I, who I grew up loving. And uh, being able to do it now for everybody has been fantastic. And uh, I hope I can, I can join you more times moving forward as uh, we well, get towards the playoffs. Yeah, and do you know what? Even in the off season, I have a lot yeah. of fun doing the shows in the off season. We could talk a little bit about, uh, you know, cardinal memories, and who knows, maybe even some cardinal trivia. But uh, you go. can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the 2022 World Series champion St. Louis Cardinals, I'm bringing up the main question. Will they repeat next year? This has been Locked On MLB, Locked On St. Louis Cardinal crossover with J.D. Haffron. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.